don't say it the same anymore. Now, now that's when you know that you've grown up. Oh, that's because you have things I used to like. You have tested the, the final no, side of life. Things, things you used to like, you know. Well done, steak. Do you have your steak medium rare? Yeah. See. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I used to have my steak well done. Okay. And as a typical Nigerian man, there's there can't be any blood on my plate. Yeah. You get Sorry. me. I can't relate. But, but. My fiance for years convinced me, look, try it. It's no harm. And I did, and I can tell you, it's different. See? You know, if you want to be a bit more bougie, get a mid uh, 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 egg that isn't just as just runny egg just on top of the steak. Huh. Um, okay, you're you're taking it seriously. No, no, no like, it's nice. Me and you nice. were right here, and then you no. went here. <laughs> yeah, no, but medium rare is bay. Medium rare is the way to go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt you, but it tastes better. Cause you and it like, in your mouth. The the, the, hard, the meat man. that is well done mm-hmm. is kind of charred. You've kind of you're taking away from the taste as well. Yeah, that's why we always ask them go season it. Go yimok. Yeah, they, 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 they don't have. I think that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. Don't start Maggie. Like, are you sprinkle this on? I feel like he goes out his own Maggie. Maggie. You know, I will lie if I could. But that's. I think that's why I stopped. I know people do it. They so go into restaurants and you see them like, can I get a steak? And then they start like kind of loading up the table with their own condiments and they set up with their own condiments. I don't have time. Oh, why are you going out? To I might as well just go. Man. Because acquired taste now, their taste buds are used to certain things and they want to, they want it to taste a certain way. I just go. I was get it. cooking myself in that case. Yeah. Ah, I'm a, I, I would just take my fucking hell. Yeah, so you leave. Ah, fucking hell. When I leave them, <laughs> when I leave them Belfast, right? Yeah, true story. Whenever I leave them Belfast, there was a sh- there was like a small shop across the way from me, and they would have a steak for like it was ten pound for like five slabs. But I knew that nobody buys that steak but me. I bought it the first time. I was like, ah, I can see that I eat two. Ah, where's my life going? I can't be I can't be buying using my own and it's to buy steak like this now. Ten pounds. This is steeple. I did it the first time, did it the second time, I did it. Ah. And then one day I forgot and I went in there and I saw the same steak cut down to I think three ninety nine. Yeah. Same thing. The only thing was it was going off I think in two days or three days. And I won't lie, it, it didn't look the same. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> the steak didn't look the same to me. But I was like, it's still in dates. It goes. It's like three pound ninety nine. I'll take that. From then on, I didn't buy full price steak again. No. I'll wait. <laughs> like, when is the steak going? Oh, yeah, <laughs> when are you? It's only two days left. You better reduce it. Let me buy it now. <laughs> I literally will go in, check the date, put it back down. Check the date, put it back down. And then when they reduce it, like, guys, two days left. No, you better reduce it. Let me buy it now. No way, man. Hey, I'm telling you true story. And I ate like. They literally sold me three pound ninety nine steaks for like a year, because I just refused to pay ten pound anymore. Yeah, I can't even pay ten pound for steak. Nah, man. but like I was living by myself, I wasn't bothered. I just put the steak on noodles. Boom, dinner is done. Wait, steak and noodles? Br- dinner is done. Don't say I'm Indomie. Telling you. She does. She thinks yeah. Indomie. She doesn't. She doesn't understand. Indomie. You're literally revisiting everything we've talked okay, about. Right, okay. no, 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 she doesn't no, understand she, Indomie. She, she feels like Indomie, Indomie is, but she doesn't like noodles. That's why she doesn't like uh, any no, noodles. Indomie. Like ah. I've tried it. Like I'm not gonna bash something that. I haven't tried. The only thing yeah. I would bash without trying is, is goat meat. Yeah. That's the only thing I'll tell you yeah. straight up. I'll ah. never put it in my mouth. Oh my god. You know what I'm going to do for you? <laughs> you see, when the Nigerian man oh my god, that was the feeling I was trying to explain to you when you goat meat. What I'm going to do for you is. Goat meat is royalty now. Eh? Goat meat? Yeah! I can, I can get it fresh. Goat meat is royalty. That isn't frozen, that's just straight from the abattoir. 
Mm-hmm. I can get you and I can grill it for you and make suya for you. You will, you will be born goat again. Meat, goat meat but is... I, I is I no, but they don't make... No. The goats, they don't really use goat meat. It's expensive. Goat meat is... You know Greek people? That's the French baby goat. Laman. Goat is not smart, you know. I don't know. I'm still yet to be converted. Like by eating cow. Cow is everybody. Anybody can eat cow. Anybody can eat cow. <laughs> goat. Anybody can have beef. That's when I meet, when I meet white people and they go, go, he eat goat. I'm See, like, that's how I feel about lamb. You don't eat lamb too? I know I eat lamb. Okay. But people who don't like lamb. I'm not a big fan of lamb. Oh, I, stop. There's levels to these things, though, guys. Anyway. I've already said me poverty taste buds. Let's not, let's not get into... Me too. You see, the thing is, I used to. And then I realized life is fucking short, man. <laughs> you used to what? You used to what? I used to just be like, you know what? How can I spend that kind of money on food? Mm-hmm. How can I do that? And then I realized, you know what? If you die tomorrow, there's two, two, of one, two things can happen. Is it that the bank takes your money? Because nobody can or, find or it. Somebody that will somebody just that spend, it you spend it anyhow. You know? So look, I'm still alive. I'm well, I know it's money. only 20 euro I've got left, but I'm gonna spend it. Do you know what I said to one of my friends the other day? We were talking about leaving money for our kids. Like if I had kids, would I leave everything to my kids? And I was like, no. I'm not leaving absolutely everything I have to my children. Obviously, the majority will go to them, but... So, so they can spend all my money that I would touch. Not even that, so that my sons can spend it on girls or whatever, or my daughters can be like, oh, I'm going to give it to this boy Chip because, John, you know, this, do you know what I mean? That kind of I, stuff. That's why I'm like, no. I want to live my life and enjoy my money, even though I'm a parent, fact. but not be reckless. Fact. But... My sister, fact. I think this is a, this is a good lead way into our chat. So, are you going to leave your kids with money that not not money but are you gonna leave them with something whereby you feel like you've equipped them enough to be able to go on and be okay in life yeah like I would rather leave my kids with like a business or with like some train them up to run something that I've left behind for them they can sustain themselves so you themselves. give them money at all rather than them rather than me to just leave them with money and be like off you go yeah. because I don't know if they're gonna blow it they can go and throw your body they inside the bin no. when Listen, he dies isn't what's called Bill Gates and his wife they're not giving their kids yeah, money they're yeah. only giving them a couple 1%. Million, and then the rest of the 1% 1% is not working okay, <laughs> 1%. But obviously, uh, that 1% that's, billion. that's no small money. What, 95.6 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what point is just like, I have enough, like, I can literally just not do anything again. There's no, it's no money that is actively getting anymore. Oh, yeah, I it's know. Passive, but like, it's passive money. It was so difficult as a teenager. I knew I was Nigerian, my Nigerian identity was deeply rooted. My, Niger- my, my Nigerian identity was strong. Mm. But I still found it very difficult. Like, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Like, I mean, I, I went to Nigeria after being here maybe five years, and I still could not connect. I moved to Nigeria for three months, five years ago, and I found it so difficult for the first while. So much so that towards the end of my trip, I couldn't wait to go back home. Mm-hmm. And I think about that now, <laughs> and it's funny to me. Because when I'm going to Nigeria, I say, I'm going home. But when I got there, I couldn't wait to come back home. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, where, where is home? Where exactly is home? And I still consider myself deeply rooted in Nigeria. Hmm. So when you have kids who were born here, who have grown up here from very young ages like yourself, I, I, I mean, I was lucky enough that when I moved here, I kind of had a rough idea of who I was at the time and it was still very very daunting for me at the time so when you have kids who have moved here at a very very young age two three four five up to the age of ten right and then you throw them into this culture that is completely and absolutely different from what they've ever known 
nine times out of ten, they don't know how to act. They don't know how to be. They don't know what to be, mm -hmm. right? They're at home, and their parents are like, hmm, remember where you're coming from. Remember you, this, you remember that. And then they go to school, and the culture is completely different, and they want to fit in, and they want to be this, and they want to be that, and they want to be that cool kid. And they want to be that cool kid that's come from a different... And, like, there's a lot of different things going on. And then you couple that with the fact that they're becoming teenagers, they're having hormonal um, changes, they're having psychological changes, they're going through actual mental shifts in the way they're thinking, coming into their own person, coming into their own identity, and you mix all this in together, and you expect the kid to come out of that perfectly fine and be a constructive member of society. Never mind the fact that the opportunity they're exposed to is not even is not is not enough. Never mind that they go home to their parents and their parents don't even know how what direction to point them in. Mm. Never mind that whenever they have problems, they can't go to their parents because their parents can't relate. Because they have Irish problems and they're going to Nigerian parents yes. or African parents. Mm -hmm. yeah. That don't work. It's like in in your home, it's it's wherever you're from. And then the society you're mixing and mingling with is where you are, and it's trying to integrate the two, and it's just not working. Yeah, like, it's, okay, like for me, like I'll use myself as an example. For me, right, it's weird, because like if I go, okay, if I'm around a lot of Nigerians right now, my first language is Yoruba, but I can't speak Yoruba anymore. Mm. It's, 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 so, it's so weird. So if I go back to Nigeria now, and they literally, like, let's say they literally just threw me in the middle of something, I'd like, okay, go survive. Um, it's over for me just take me yeah. <laughs> but then but then I'm here and it's kind of like I see a lot of the Irish like the Irish crowd like okay when, when we first moved here in like 2099 maybe 2000 it's like you're reminded very quickly that you're not Irish to this day I'm still kind of reminded that I'm not Irish you get what I'm saying mm -hmm. so it's kind of like okay so you're telling me I'm not Irish and if I go home they're like oh you're that Irish boy do you get what I'm saying so it's like I'm just kind of stuck in this weird limbo of Okay, so I'm not over there, but I'm also not over there, and it's like, but technically, I'm I should be both, but I'm not. But yeah. I think I think for each person, it's your responsibility to choose where you're gonna, which who where you're gonna identify, or if you still want to have connections to that. Like for me, I go home. I'm fortunate enough to be able to go home back to Africa, like every year for the last couple of years. But it was a decision that I actually made that. I don't want to forget too many things so I want to keep going back home but at the same time Ireland is home for me yeah. and this is my base and this is where I am but I go home to still feel the connection and to feel like you know what I am South African I left here when I was really young but at the same time there's so many aspects of my life that I would probably make decisions based on how I was brought up or how you know maybe my family back home think or decisions that they would make as opposed to okay I'm in Ireland but you know well it's not really Irish to do this or to do that but at the same time oh you know but it's more of a South African thing to do this yeah. and sometimes it's hard to make a decision because you're trying to factor in both things and especially if you have friends in both communities like you know you have African friends and then you have Irish friends and I always found one of the biggest challenges was trying to bring the two together because <laughs> it is <laughs> Birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, I can't have it is like, then, you know, you know the what I mean? ones get too loud and then they're like... But, it's but. A, the thing is, I faced it growing up. Even over like the last couple of years, I faced it growing up. Like, I'd have my Irish friends who I trained with, especially in nursing, and it was always a thing of, oh, you always choose your other friends. They would never say you choose your black friends or your African friends. It Just was always, you always choose your other friends. And then... My, my 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 black friends, my South African friends, Nigerian friends, they'd be like, oh, you're always with your, or your friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was kind of a thing, it was like, why can't, why can't I be with the two? 
you yeah, know no one, you and then into one big area, like, yeah and then you get a certain here. then you get certain groups of Africans who don't want to mingle with Irish people I think they're the problem you know but they're not guys here's the thing like the, see this problem I've I'm actually I feel like I need to sometimes it frustrates me so much because mm-hmm. it's such a huge problem and that's why we need to actively do something about it. The mm-hmm. problem is so big because think about it. You moved here in 1999 or 2000 yeah. and I can guarantee you that you're probably one of the first wave of African immigrants Kids, yeah. to well, move into this country, right? Nearly every right? I was doing blackhead. Right? Mm-hmm. But that was only 20 years ago. Yes. Yeah. That was only 20 years ago. Before that time, this country was absolutely and completely Caucasian. Mm-hmm. 95%, perhaps 99%, yeah. right? So now we, we've come here, right? And I say we as immigrants, not just Africans, immigrants. And I, I mean, I don't mean to offend anyone, but we've come here and we expect that everything's just going to work out. And just, yeah. And just, we're just going to go in, do our thing, and everything's going to be fine. Everyone just accept it. We're here now. That's not good. That's not how it works. Yeah. Mm. There's stages and process to, processes to everything, whatever it is. So this that we're going through right now is a stage in the amalgamation of the Irish society. That I do believe, and that's right? why I feel like the, the ones who choose to neglect that are open to it are the problem. But here's the thing: we need to be concentrated more on those ones, mm-hmm. right? Because here's like here's my thing, right? We talk, you, me, we're not, we're not the problem. That's cool, yeah. right? We get it, but that's not enough. We get it. It's not enough. We've got, we've got a responsibility towards those who don't get it yet. It doesn't mean that they'll never get it. Mm. It just means that ten years going to the same seminar, it might take that for them to get it. <laughs> Literally, it might take us continuously hammering this, talking yeah. about this, coming up with new ideas, coming up with new mm-hmm. inventive way, innovative ways to talk to them to make them get it. But them not getting it and us just being like they don't get it is not the way forward. Be- mm-hmm. No, no, sorry, finish up. Sorry, because at the end of the day, bro, you getting it has nothing to do with anything. You're one man. Right, the society sees you based on your community. So whether or not you think you get it, that's completely different. That's that's not even in factoring, factoring into the into the conversation because you're still not you. You're not a, you're not an island. You're part of a community, and the society, the world sees you as a part of your community. They don't see you as an individual. The society does not see you as an individual. So we need to change the narrative. The the key word here is the narrative because at the end of the day, one. African millionaire in the whole country. Yes, it's a good thing. Yes, it's it's a step in the right direction. But our main thing now is to get more success stories out there, to showcase more of that, and to make people see that these are things that can happen. Like you were talking earlier, I, I wanted to make a point that you were talking earlier about being like having your white friends and your African friends. Well, guess what? It's up to you to decide you want to be yourself. Mm. And your white friends will come to you whether you're yourself or not, your African friends will come to you whether you're your friends or not. Whether 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 you're yourself or not, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is figure out who you are, your own identity, your own person, and when you do that, get this, nothing else matters because you can't control all of that. You can't control how people act. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest thing with people. You think you can't control how people act around yeah. other people that's not your job you'll spend your whole life trying to do that if, if that's what you want to do you can't control how white people are going to act around black people and likewise you can't do the same vice versa so all you can control is how you are and once you can find a way to figure out 
what you want to be and who you are, which could take, it could take your whole life. But once you are constantly working on figuring out who am I, like I, t- it took me a long time. Like I went to a university where I was sur- like just white people. I didn't have any white, any black friends for a long time until I got out of university. I was in university for five years and I can guarantee I probably had one white friend who is now in Manchester doing a PhD and working now in Manchester in the middle of a bunch of white friends again. You, you know that kind of way? Yeah. So, I mean, and then I leave there, I, there, there, was a, there was a bit of dissonance going on for me as well because I, I go home and I'm in a completely different environment, even though I was in my 20s. Mm. And I go back into university and I'm in a completely different environment again. Yeah, that's true, man. Bro, and that ha- that went on for five years for me. And it was up to me to figure out it doesn't matter. It does not matter where I am as long as I remain true to myself and I remain the same person in all those situations. And it, I haven't, I don't have it figured out yet. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I have my shit together yet. I definitely do not. I'm not coming here like I don't. I'm still figuring it out. But as long as you keep on that path of trying to figure out who you are, it'll all come together. People will come to you. You will remain that that attracts people because mm-hmm. no people are they're not they're not people are not unreasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, and once the society sees more of that, the society needs to see more of that. Mm. More of that. Okay, these are Africans who are able to interact with indigenous Irish people, but are also able to be their own person in the communities. You, you can't lose if you lose sight of who you are and where you're from, and who you are is who you are. You can't change that. Mm. Um, you got yeah. white friends. Do I have white friends? <laughs> Uh, I, have, I, I could probably count them on one hand, to be honest. Uh, but no. Oh, so you got my friend? I, thought, I actually thought you didn't have any. Okay, so. Um, Not your neighbor, you know? Two from like college, a, one oh. Yeah, that's probably about it. Oh, that's cool. No, but like, um, what, what you're saying, I, I really agree with because the mentality that we have right kind of now, because it's kind of like it's a very us versus them. So, like, for mm-hmm. me, I don't feel a sense of community. So. I don't care about the guards, I don't care about the elections, I don't care about any of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to say I'm like, I literally don't care about it. I, like, I really feel like it's... So you don't care about people they're over here. Life. They're over here and I'm over here. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. It's even, remember the last time we had that, yeah. that whole connection, that whole everything that's going on in the door? Honestly, sometimes I don't even see how it connects to me. Do you get know what I'm saying? Really? Like, obviously it does. I know it does. But you just but don't see it. It's like, it's weird. It's, you know when you're in a weird place, like you know something's connect, like something affects you, but then you're like, it doesn't really, like I'm just here. Like, do you get know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. all the decisions that they've made since my life is, <laughs> like my life hasn't changed. Until no, they, I was still standing. Until, until they do something like, it. until they raise my taxes to like 25%. That's when, that's when like, okay. we have a problem now. Yeah. But, but until, until then, like, but I, but I know for myself, it's kind of like it is a very us versus them. So like even when I'm with some of my friends, it's like man, those even people are weird, man. Like how can they even be doing this? They're just weird. How can you tell your mom to shut up and you, you, you're still alive, kind of stuff? And it's just like that's them versus us. So like there's never going to be that sense of community. If you get know what I'm saying? But I think there. I think there's. I think I think there's definitely up, like there. There's room for it to be created. But I think the reason why maybe people like us struggle the most is because we were the first wave of kids who came like immigrants do you know what I mean but I think it's because there's so much responsibility in a way on us because we're trying to break ground for the for the ones who are coming after us Mm -hmm. because I think you know when we feel misunderstood or feel like okay when people ask you oh where are you from because I know a lot of people 
who have so much oh, yeah, resentment. We, we had to handle that so one for that question. Where are you from? Do you know what I mean? But that's but that's your opportunity to kind of break it and be like, you know what? This is where I'm from, and because that person, you don't know what they're thinking. You know what I mean? But based on how you answer them, is what's gonna change their mentality. Like I've had it in work. Do you know what I mean? And like I also, when people ask me, I'm like, okay, here we go. But you know, and I try and just answer with a smile. But it bothers me because I'm like, I don't want this to be the basis of all my conversations with every single one of my patients that I come in contact with. But at the same time, I've had it before where they're like, oh, you're the lovely nurse from South Africa. My nurse told my 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 mom told me about you. This 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 that. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, at least you know they'll say, oh, there's lovely nurses from South Africa. And you know, that's how the, that's how the little shift kind of starts which is kind of the point I get what he's trying to make is that you know if you change the perspective of one person that person will change the perspective of another person and it's a domino effect you know and that's how it will essentially spread in the community in order to bring people together because then because it, like most of the time it's just fear of the unknown people just don't know so they just don't know how to act so their number one reaction is to go into the defense and to go into themselves and just be like yeah whatever or when you walk into a shop and people are just like mm. it's because they've never maybe mingled with somebody from where you are and i know it's rude it's really really rude but it's normal human nature you know what i mean you know when you're walking down a street you've never walked down in the middle of the dark your instincts are naturally like to be on high alert and to look out and want to protect yourself. Do you know what I mean? So when you're in an environment that you've never been to, when I brought my Irish friends to like an African thing, they're literally like, you know, because they don't, they don't know what to do. They don't, they, they, that's... Nah, see, that's where I feel like I really like the, I don't know if it's right, but I always blame the African side. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people generally believe racism is a one-way traffic. Nah. You know, but a lot of, like, I'll give an example now. You know, uh, growing up, I had friends who, their parents would be like, don't let your kid hang out with Irish kids because they're bad. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, do you know that's the most racist thing someone could say? It's like a white person saying, don't let your kid hang out with black kids because they're monkeys. And they're like, no, it makes no sense. And I was like, that's where I started to see the problem. I was like, where's so you've moved from where you used you're from to another man's country for greener pasture but you think you're just gonna get the greener pasture and not have to mingle with them you just want their yeah. get their gold yes. and dash out mm-hmm. I'm like it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. someone's gonna have to pay the price for what you're doing mm-hmm. that's why I genuinely feel like a lot of young kids now have to pay that price like Halloween for example I knew a lot of people who had to go to Hallelujah Night which was church Halloween I thought that was pretty stupid because now my kid because think about it because how we worked was I remember I had friends who you'd be like what are you doing for Halloween and then because he knows I was I, I was pretty open when I came in when I was young and I, I really wanted to I like learning about cultures generally so it worked well for me you know luckily I wanted to know what Halloween was about I wanted to see it rather than hear they worship the devil oh no I'm going to church mm. but have you ever actually gone to see it no but how do you know they worship the devil I heard that's what it's about do you know what I mean? That idea of what you have behind your head is what you go with. Mm-hmm. And then now you have kids, like, for example, I met a kid who was like 15 or 16 with my mom at my brother's school. And my mom asked him, where are you from? And then the kid goes, I'm Irish. And then she goes, no, but where? And he goes, oh, my parents are Nigerian. 
And she felt, you know, he kind of like tripped with her face. She was like, hmm? Like, kind of like, you are Nigerian, that kind of. She was trying to tell him who he is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, these kids don't. That's why I've seen a lot of young kids between the age of like 15 downwards. There's a disconnect with them and us. Mm-hmm. They don't really get us. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a kid who's 15 or 14 would have a birthday party and have his white friends there and his black friends there. Mm-hmm. And it'll work out well. And I just feel this because he, he didn't have he didn't have that, you know, thing behind his head whereby, oh, I'm this person. This They're is the, yeah. Yeah, you know, like for example, you said if you see a white person in a party, it's like fish out of the water. Huh. But what if the person just comes and they won't just be normal? Do you get what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, like it's like me going to... The way I see it is like me going to my Ghanaian friend's house. I don't eat Ghanaian food. Whatever I see there, I'm not going to be like... <laughs> I'm gonna be curious, but that doesn't mean but straight Ghanian away. Ghanaian food are quite similar anyway. Oh, they're quite similar, but you get what I'm saying. Like, well, okay, let me not use Ghanaian food. Let me use another country, maybe Congolese food. Yeah, it's not. That's not similar. Yeah, it's not similar at all. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Good food though. What? <laughs> Congolese have got good food. Yeah, I can disagree with that one. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like, it's the same way. I feel like for us to make that change, a lot of us have to have that open mindset to. I'm in a different country that is going to be my country, technically. Because you get the Irish passport, mm. you become an Irish citizen. Do you not feel like you also have to be open to things that make you Irish? Well, here's even the thing, right? What you're saying is bang on, because we talk about racism. And what is the premise of racism? Is stereotype, is mm. misinformation, is not taking the time to know people, is... It's basically the society has said, this is how these people are, and this is what we're going to treat them like. And it's the exact same thing when you when parents say, don't hang out with the white kids, they're bad. Where's that from? Well, maybe one or two white kids did something silly, something bad. They, they, they tie jokes down and the kid burnt the car, whatever. Whatever, wherever it comes from. But that is exactly taking that and using it back. It's exactly the same thing mm-hmm. both ways. And... It just goes back to the base of the problem again. You're not going to change a narrative by by um, just pointing out that that's bad. You can't do that. You can't think like that. That's not how you're going to change a narrative. It's got to be a bit more active than that. I mean, in, in our organization, myself and my partner, Tunde, who unfortunately couldn't be here today, we've talked about going to the parents, right? Because it's not, it's not enough just talking to the kids. We've got to start orienting the parents in the right direction. Because mm-hmm. the per- like I mean, at the end of the day, the ki- it's st- it all starts at home. We've got to start making sure that the parents understand certain basic concepts. Like you can't you can't tell your kids that they can't hang out with a certain kind of people. You, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. They're in a society and a community where they will constantly have to mingle, and they should be confident and comfortable enough to mingle with any kind of people and be okay. That's where lack of confidence comes from. That's where kids start misbehaving when they get into certain circles because they don't know how to handle themselves. I know kids today who are in big institutions, who, are in, who, who go to university, and they act out of place because they don't know how to act. And how to, I, I'm not saying people have to act a certain way when they're in certain places, but just generally. Yeah, just normal. Just generally. Not, not to interact. Exactly. Interact, yeah. Carry on, general carry on. Like, be polite. Mm. Be consistent put yourself together don't 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 talk out of turn don't yell in the middle of a class don't don't do those things and those are certain things that i think have to start from the home mm-hmm. and parents need to start being oriented in a certain way as well because look it takes a community 
it's not enough that you think it, I think it, and we all think it here. It takes the whole bloody community, including the Irish community. Because guess what? We're here now. It's all of our collective responsibility. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not sure you're not going anywhere either. I mean, if I'm, I'm going to read off, sure as hell you, you're going to remain. So it's not just about, because it's a problem, not just for Africans, not just for the Irish, not just for the, the uh, diasporan community or, or the, or the uh, immigrant community or the Irish community. It's not uh, an individual problem. Because it's collective. The, absolutely. Because mm. the, the Irish community needs to deal with the immigrant community. It's not like... We're buying houses now. Guess what? We're live. We're, it's it's different now. Things are changing. Like tradition, we got dough, man. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally, right? Yeah. When you think about a lot of there was a, there was there was a, there was an article a while ago talking about the ghettoization of certain areas. Like when you think about black people predominantly, where we we we're, we're geared towards where there's many uh, 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 accumulation of council estates and council houses, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you have Jobstown, that's why you have like Blanche and you have all these areas and Barbregan and all these areas. But things are changing now because now we're getting opportunities to actually mingle in the... I know people, friends buying houses right in there. Like no black person in sight. And they bought a beautiful house right in there. And they're getting looked at like, okay, what are you doing here? Like, well, my house, I bought it, paid for it. And I'm here now. What are you saying? (laughs) You know? And I mean, that is what we need and something we need to actively work on. Talking about it isn't the way to go. Talking about it is not doing nothing. We've got to actively do something about it. And for instance, how many... Non-Irish guardie, have you seen on the road? One, perhaps. There's one black Nigerian guardie, and Sorry. he can't. He's like, his opportunities are limited because his face has been plastered everywhere. For instance, there are certain places he can't work because everybody knows who he is, and he's a target immediately. He's a target. Anyone sees him walking on the road doing something, they know straight away who he is, mm. regardless of where he is, because his face has been plastered all over social media. The only thing left is for, for him to actually have posters on bus stops, right? <laughs> his face is yeah, his face is everywhere. Mm. So his career options are limited, and that is something we've got to change. Come on, in this day and age, there's no there's no actual okay. black police working in the country. See, I think this is personally what I think right and it's one of the reasons why I hate when people compare us to the UK because there's like Ireland is so behind because people in the UK are two, three, four generations deep we're literally second, third gen do you get we're not even we're, if, we're, we're still one first. we're, we're just on the first, first one generation. yeah so, we're first so how, 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 I, how I see it is that the reason why your friend can buy a house in that place is because we've had that leg up from our parents. Like, our parents literally came here to survive. That's it. They came here to survive. Work their, work their, work their job, and that's all, they, that's all they really care about. Some, some of our parents went on to college, did more things, and started building themselves into a certain situation. But then it's the next, it's, then it's us that we get a leg up. Most of, most of our people we know finish university into higher paying jobs. We start looking at, okay, I want to buy a house, I want to do this, I want to do this. Now, if we stay here and our kids are next, they're gonna have another leg up. So it's kind of like those elitist societies where we couldn't have been in the first place. We're now we're now integrating ourselves into those places because. Sorry, I'll let you finish. <laughs> we're not integrating ourselves in those places because we are. We're now establishing ourselves. Like we're literally digging ourselves into the roots of the country. Like 
now we're, like we're here so mm-hmm. it's not like I have to I just have to do whatever I have to do to survive now as we were saying before like you're not just going to leave your kids with money you're going to leave them with the tools to do whatever they want to do so now with our parents they just have to do whatever they did to survive now we have the option of going what do I want to do I want to be a guardian I want to be a lawyer I want to work in the doll I want to do this I want to do that so I feel like it's just a, it's just a matter of yeah work but also time of us just digging ourselves into the society so we start pushing away from all those places like the Jobstown the Blanche and all that kind of stuff and we just start scattering ourselves all over the place because I remember 2014 I was working as, as a fundraiser for Concern and we went to some remote place I can't remember where it was but this kid was like oh look mom it's a chocolate man and I was like hey, that kid probably hasn't seen a black person in his life kind of a situation you get what I'm saying and it's kind of like that's so weird but then I remembered like we haven't been here for that long and every time we come here we, we're like very we are the Nigerians well, let's go to where the Nigerians are let's go and live with our people kind of a situation or, mm-hmm. or that's just where we end up being so I think it's just a matter of time and like building our economic status and we just we end up, we'll, we'll get there and when we're there we're like we're here now but I think if we don't do something about it instead of it taking 20 years 30 years it could take 200 yeah. this is the conversation this is where so the conversation that I have con- consistent constantly with people look at America yeah see that's a good example look at the United States mm. people are like a dicycle they're just like ah sure we'll get there and they won't get there they're not getting there they're not going anywhere mm. even in the UK forget about the United yes the UK is doing great but look at the UK there's still a lot of shit going on yeah. look at the knife crime Look at the black on black crime. Yeah. The, look at crime. Mm-hmm. Forget about knife or black. Look at crime. As a whole. Itself. As a whole. It's even starting to happen in Ireland also. Boom. Mm-hmm. And here is where I'm going with this. Here is the point that I'm trying to make. Yes, we will get there. Yes, there's a few of us. And this is the whole thing. There, there, there are people doing good things. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that I'm looking up to and they're younger than I am. Like you guys, for instance, I'm look, look, look at this. This is amazing, right? But here's the thing: it's not enough. It's those ones that are like the problem. It's the problem that we need to deal with. Not the, you're good. I don't need to worry about you. I don't need to worry about you. You know what you want. You know what you're doing. Why do I? You're not my problem. I don't care about you. <laughs> you know, I care about those kids who are the problem. And this is the crux of the matter: is that we're not thinking about the problem enough because it's going to be a collective problem I've got a daughter who's going to grow up in this society and I want to be sure not, not even for my daughter I just want to be sure that I've done my bit to make sure that she grows up in a society where she can be herself absolutely unequivocally like she can just be like I am my parents are Nigerian and I'm Irish boom mm-hmm. and she can accept that and she can deal with that and no one says anything to her or does anything to her looks at her in a, in, a, in, a, in a way based on her skin color or her heritage or n- none of that stuff I mean maybe we're still maybe not her generation maybe her grandkids maybe but the, the thing is the narrative is not determined by you it takes a one bad egg yeah. it's not determined by you or you or you it's, it's not you're, you're a nurse you work you work you're, you're a professional we're all I, I, I mean I don't know what you guys do but we're, we're all professionals here right and it's not about us we'll be very 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 uh, narcissistic thinking this is about us it really isn't mm-hmm. we're fine we're gonna be okay we know what well <laughs> I 
we are, you guys know what you're doing I, I do <laughs> <laughs> right we have a rough idea where we want to take our lives but yeah. there are people who don't yeah. mm-hmm. there are people who legit don't I'm, I'm one of those people you, you, you're not let's I, be honest I, I you, yeah, you're yeah. sitting here now you're not they just a bluff man don't listen I'm not I'm not a bluff you, you're not you, you're not because you're not the kind of you person that I'm talking about now, are you? fam if I need that bag man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know you're what I mean Roman you have people who like college is not even on the radar like yeah. for instance right I used to do home tutoring I used to as a side thing hope they and I found over my experience for a few years like I volunteered in Jobstown for like 12, 13 years so I thought I, I've done I've done voluntary work I've taught kids in a, volu- in, in a community centre oh, I, can, I can do this and make it an extra buck on the side so I did that and I realised that the mentality of the young 15, 16, 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds is just in the gutter because they their parents can't help them and that's why they bring me in you know, right? you know what I think it is? I think a lot of it is just that nobody cares. And because nobody cares, no one listens to that. that's not true, bro. It's that's not that not nobody true. cares. I think it's that people don't know where to start or what to do or how to make it happen. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And because of that, they just put, they put a barrier in their mind and then they just think someone will deal with it. Not even that. You know? When I say nobody cares, I don't mean literally nobody cares. He doesn't care. Oh no no! See the thing is, the thing is, I actually care. I I, I feel like with a lot of the with a lot of the kids that that are bad kids and all that kind of stuff, you literally just need to sit down and listen to them. Like do you get what I'm saying? Like actually just like okay, I'm listening to you. you like I don't know how to explain. It. Like the easiest example I always use is when I'm in school, right? There's always a, there's always that one teacher that actually that doesn't belittle you or anything. They just listen to you and like actually they actually value what you're saying and doesn't just see you as to be hard or, or you're that kid that, that yeah. just makes that just makes noise do you get what I'm saying so it's like when I see the, those kids that they literally terrorise every other teacher <laughs> but there's that one teacher that don't that she's terrorise different and eye, yeah. That, yeah. that teacher that teacher is usually the teacher that teacher is usually PE teacher or something like that right. something that they have something in common with that is like look let's just have a conversation let's just talk right. do you get what I'm saying so I feel like a lot of when I say I, I feel like people don't care it's just that like yeah, we we see you and we see you acting There's out. But instead of asking, instead of asking you why you're acting out, what's like actually speaking to you is like, man, that one is just a bad day. Just move him to okay. the side. Here's the thing, and I agree, you're bang on absolutely correct. But there's not enough resources for teachers to do that. Oh yeah, I think right. The a teacher can be concerned about every single kid like that in in every school. It's just physically impossible. And here's the that's the first thing. The second thing is, at home, I can assure you, most parents care. I can. 100% assure you that most parents that I've dealt with that's the only reason I'm there because they care yeah right the only reason I'm there and they're paying me money that, that can necessarily afford to come teach their kids is because they bloody care you know what I, th- I also feel as well it gets to a point it gets to a point where the parents care but at a certain age if I'm like 15 it's not my parent. It's not my my mother that's really going to influence me anymore. Exactly. It's going to be, and I'm, I don't think it's necessarily teachers. Everyone says teachers. I don't think it's teachers. It literally just pillars of community. Like okay, like let's say I grew up around you. You're going to be. You're going to be that guy. It doesn't have to be one of my teachers. You could literally be that just that older guy. Like, and I feel like it's a it's a thing where, okay, how I how I always explain it is that for us the reason why my generation have respect is because I got beaten by the older guys. <laughs> if I if I if I remember there was one guy. This guy terrorized us. We, he said in, if we said anything he would drop it like there was one time he was on crutches I was like ah we can't mess with him today we started messing with him he dropped his crutches and ran after us and beat the shit out of us do you get what I'm saying yeah yeah black oh, wow. but the thing is 
we my generation we just kind of like look my leave them and then that's where they're like oh like you guys just left us to our devices kind of a situation so it's kind of like there's no that older so we didn't take mentality. responsibility yeah like, we didn't we didn't take responsibility of the younger generation Absolutely. that's why I'm kind of like nobody cares because like we were too busy focusing on ourselves like I need to get that money and you guys will be fine you exactly mm, so I don't think it's a thing. teacher thing and the, the parent like parents I think a lot of parents are really really trying I think like they're at their wit's end they don't know what to do I, I've dealt with parents like that are kind of like look whatever you can do for me because I don't know what to do with this kid anymore. I have African parents, fathers and moms, who sit down with their kids at the table while I'm teaching them and be like, can you explain that to me? This is not one, this is not two, this is not three, this is not four, this is not five. Parents who want to know what the kids are doing. Who's like, oh, I remember I did that in school. Yeah, it's too, pl- ah, you stupid boy. Smack the head. I'm like, ah, put it there, you know? And they care. They like, they involve, bro, they're involved. But they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They don't have the information. They don't have the. They don't have the skills to do that. Yeah. And you do. And you do. And you do. Mm. But what are we doing about it? What kind of kids do you like going to the? Is it like kids really, that really, are really like lost causes? Bad kids. Yeah. Because like, I, I have, I, I, have, I, have I have a scenario actually. Right. This is a kid I know, whereby the kid is. I think it's the middle child. Is a boy and. Overnight, he just became the kid, the house, the family terrorist, whereby it got to a stage where if he was watching TV, no one could come into the living room. He became a god in the house. He really saw himself as a king. And it got to stages whereby if he wanted something, let's say he needed a 10 year off his mom, and no one gave it to him, he'd go to the the, um, kitchen cabinet and just keep smashing plates on on the floor. So they give it to him. He just became so wild. Like he got to a stage one day where he stood up to his dad. His dad thought, "I'm a man." He had butted his, his, his dad, mm-hmm. and he just became so violent to the stage where the guards were bringing him home. He was causing trouble with kids, and the guard said, "How far you people normally take your kids to your country mm-hmm. if they toy and stand out of line? You know, mm. why don't you do that to this kid?" I was, I felt really bad. I was like, "For a guy to come say that to you." But here's the thing. That's uh, that's 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 a one in a million kind of situation. Oh, no, I think a lot. I don't think it's a one in a million. That's where I feel like a lot of us are not really realizing these things. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I've seen I don't, kids. I heard. I mean, I I could be absolutely wrong. Oh yeah. Oh, there, there, oh, oh there, there's a lot. There, there, oh, there, last summer, I know a kid in McWilliam who bet his dad because his dad told him not to take the car out. Like this was. Afternoon kind of thing, beach bosh with his friends. They bury his dad up. Yeah, and I this know, is a 16, 17 year old kid. Those, those, are, those are problems. But That's here's the thing reason. here's the thing, right? There's a lot of levels to that as well. Like if you go to, like when I go to, I go, I, when I go to London, right? I maintain myself. Yeah. You see a young kid walking towards you. Don't be, don't be doing anyhow, cause they will beat you. This one is not. <laughs> nobody will do. Nobody will bat an eye. No one is gonna yeah. stop to help you. Don't they will, they get you get you Maintain yourself. And I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being prejudiced in thinking that, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. Right. When I go to the UK, if I'm not two, three, four, five men deep, I don't go out. Don't know. I don't go. I don't stay go nowhere. Stay in my zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm not three, four, that I know that. Okay, boys, let's go. You don't want no. You don't want no. They walk around with swords, bro. And it's not knives. It's swords. They, they walk around with swords and then a knife. That happens here a lot. They walk around with swords. What are you gonna do? No, see, sorry, there's a reason why I feel My brother, like, please, I'm sorry. You, you said you know? something, right? You said in the UK, right? 
Now, it's happening here, but the reason why you've not really seen it is because it's not common. I've, I've seen the violence go up. No, no, I'm talking about... It's going I'm up. Talk, I've heard about that. I'm talking about kids who... Like, you used to babysit. Yeah. And that kid would stand oh, yeah. up to you. Yeah. Like, I know a kid who... He was a chubby boy in... Yeah, second year, third year. No, first year, second year. Third year, my mom going to the gym. I know this kid personally. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've known this since like five, seven. I, this is a kid who like... He bet up someone that was older than me. And I told that person that fam, this kid's... You don't talk to them the way you talk to me. No. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you... And he thought it was uh, until it happened. No, no, and the bone no, was dropped to the ground zero. No, no, no. And then... You calm down. You maintain yourself. No. But, but here's the thing, bro. Sorry for interrupting you. Here's the thing. It's a collective effort. Like, you know that kid. You're not going to reach out to him by being... See? By being that guy. Yeah. You have to... You have to first... Like, if someone is on ground zero and you're on ground ten, there's no way they're going to hear you. You've got to come back down to ground zero and be like, bro, what's going on? What's happening? Mm. I've dealt with kids where they're like, look, I don't want to go to school no more. And I'm like, cool. Okay, cool. That's cool. That's fine. I, I, I get that. I see that. So what's the plan? Like, no, no plan. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I get that. But what's the plan? What, what, what are you saying? What do you want? You want to be like this in five years? Because five years is going to come and go like that. Kids want to be football players. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's grand. I like that. Like, you have a dream. Mm. What happens when you get a knee injury and you can't play for five years? Uh, I don't know. Like, well, you need to know. You've got, you've got to know. I, you've got to come down to their level and really get... Like, any kid that acts up is for a reason. Yeah. I Nothing think, ever happens for a reason. Yeah. I think sometimes as well with some of these younger teenagers is... It's sometimes I feel like it's, it's, they're just, they just want attention so bad. And when you look at it, because a lot of us, like when our parents came here, like all they did was work. I know for my parents, like I was at home with my siblings all the time. Like I remember I said it to my mom one time, we're having an argument and I said it to her and I was like, I feel like I raised my siblings. You know what I mean? Older sisters. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like I raised my siblings, but you know, like a lot of these kids, they were used to I come home I go home mom's not home mom and dad don't come home till 10pm had to fend for yourself everything and you know you're left with your siblings you're fighting with your siblings and then everybody has to make up before mommy and daddy come home and everything has to be calm do you know what I mean and I think sometimes you know parents need to remember that you know they work so much and maybe the kids didn't get all the attention that they could have had but at the same time they were just trying to make a way for them and put food on the table mm-hmm. you know what I mean and some so of these kids 22 situation I mean, yeah you know and it's some of these things these kids are have all these like they have all this anger and resentment that you were never home my mom was never like I have people who tell me like I never saw my dad when I was younger he was there but when I went to when I went to bed he wasn't home when I woke up in the morning he was gone to work mm-hmm. do you know what I mean they only saw their dad on Sunday when they go to church that was it and then after church they have lunch dad is gone to work dad probably doesn't even talk to them either do you know that kind of thing it's like there's there's a massive gap between the young those young teenagers and their parents because they don't know how to connect because number one they're left on their own because their parents trying to put food on the table then why don't you want to go to school why are you failing in school but I come home there's no one there to help me with my homework but I have to work. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to quit my job so I can stay at home help you with your homework? Yeah, and you I, know? I, that's that's what it just comes back to. I think it's the situation of like it's back to the whole community thing. Like it has to be a community because like there's certain kids, there's certain kids even in my city, like the kid you were talking about, right? If you've known that kid for ages, right? And it's like it's just a genuine situation that like, every time you see the kids like, yo, what's going on, bro? You cool? How's everything going? Like just listen to him, talk to him, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, actually, how's that thing you were doing? Blah, 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 blah. When he gets to that stage that he's big now and he's beating up people, he's still gonna be like, oh yeah, that's what be like. For me, I'm one of those people, like, I'm I'm big on 
you have to earn my respect. There's certain people like one of the people like pastors, especially like in the African communities and like churches I've been to. Pastors just expect me to respect them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you haven't earned any of my respect. I don't care about who you are. Like, I will fight you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like say something wrong you. Can't I will fight you. Respect. Exactly. You so can't it's, it's, it's kind of a situation person. now. All right, you're you're one of my oldest. Like, okay, I'm 23. And someone like 27, 28 comes up to me and is like, Did you come here, do this for me. I'm like, fuck, Come here, auntie. Like, what's called? We'll fight. Like, call you big sister. <laughs> like, what's called? Mean? Like, I'm yeah. not 14 and you're not 18. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that age between 14 and 18, you've built up all your muscle and you're ready to fight me. You can beat me up. But now we're at the same level. I'm going to beat you up. Fam. That's <laughs> I'm it. I'm your height. Exactly. That's the, that's the thing. So it's kind of like, it's that situation of like, we need to start, like, just kind of like, literally what I just said. Like, when I said nobody cares, like, no, it's just nobody's paying attention. Like, do you get what I'm saying? A lot of these kids are doing things because, as you said, they just want attention. So if you start giving them attention that is not. Like it's I, not hard like it's yeah like what's called like the thing is we actually we actually give them gratification for doing negative things like it's back like back in school because school is always the best situation to use I was okay I was the slight kid I was the one that I made trouble but I, I was never I was never loud about it do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying the kid that's doing well in class nobody they're always ignored they're always ignored unless you're literally the top of the class you're ignored so it's the guy that's always that's always getting in trouble that's the guy that gets all the attention that's the guy that everyone is speaking about so he's like if I feel neglected and I won't get attention and that's what is getting attention, I'm going to be bad because I want that attention. I want someone to speak to me. I want someone to actually even just care about me, if you get what I'm saying. It's like, if you care about me in a positive or a negative way, as long as you care about me some way, I don't care. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So situations like you, you talking to the kids and stuff like that, because it's like our parents are seen as dis- disciplinary, discipl- uh, disciplinarians. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I'm not going to talk to you about all that kind of stuff. If I don't have an older brother, I don't have any anyone like that. It's just kind of like, all right, so I'm just gonna fend for myself. Mm. All right, cool. Let me let me let me do this. Let me do this. It's just like that whole age old thing. Like people join gangs because they're like, oh no, you feel like you're, you're one of our brothers. You you're you're part of a family. So it's literally just a situation of like, if everyone literally just had one of those kids that just around the, around the thing around the neighborhood and it's like, yo, bro, what's up? Absolutely. And this is what we're talking about. We're thi- we this is our biggest thing as part of Speak Out Africa. Start a chain of mentorship. A chain of mentorship you bring one kid that kid brings another kid you bring one kid that kid brings another kid and that is exactly what we need to do as a community simple as because mentorship i found that i've got mentors right i've got i've been lucky that i've been in a position to mentor and i've been a mentee and mentorship guys like i couldn't even begin to explain how it's transformed my life if I didn't have the right people in my life at certain points in my life, I swear and no jokes, I won't be here right now. I've gone through certain experiences in my life that have that we're supposed to make sure I'm not here today, mm-hmm. that I'm not in the in the kind of mindset that I am today, that I have don't have the level of education that I have today, that I don't have the kind of income that I have today. I've had those kind of situations and the only reason that I'm here is because I've had people who have been able to mitigate those circumstances Mm. for me Mm. to ensure that I'm here today and not all of us get that opportunity there are kids out there that do not have those kind of opportunities to have the right person in their lives at the right time to make sure that they get through certain phases of their lives and that is what we need to start doing as a community when you look at other communities and you look at how take the the I don't even want to mention any communities now. Just look at other communities and think about how they look after each other, how they bring pull each other up. Like, have you ever seen a Chinese restaurant doing advertisement? Mm. So, I don't so, need to. Do you know what I mean? And those are things that, like, that level of togetherness, that level of pull each other up. 
let's help each other. Let, look, that kid isn't doing well. Well, that's not my problem. That's your one, your, your one's daughter, your one's son. Like, this is what we need to, as a community, we need to start pulling each other up. And when other people, sorry, for, sorry, for, I don't even want to, when other people see us doing that, it's a cycle, yeah. right? For instance, we work with the guards and they're very interested in what we're doing as a community. And they've now opened up a bigger section of the application to a bigger section of, of the society, right? By taking out different clauses in the in the application process. It's been open to a lot more a lot, kids, yeah. a lot more people. And in the next few years, you're going to see a lot more people that aren't white Irish male, predominantly, coming into the force. Yeah. And that is a huge thing. That is a massive, massive, massive thing to make sure that we keep propagating that positive imagery. We keep... I mean, it's not going to happen if we don't do something. Like, people outside our community aren't going to care about something we don't care about. This we, is the yes, point. It's we, it, charity begins. Uh-huh. So if you and I don't actively do something about the problem, we are part of the problem by default. True. See, I think, okay, so there's two things, right? First thing is, I feel like one of the reasons in our culture, in our in our community is because first of all like i'm going to speak for nigerians all the nigerians i know we're proud people especially the yorubas we're proud people kind of a situation <laughs> they never want to talk about the problem they never want to talk about like oh my kid is doing bad my kid is doing this or and we're judgmental as well that's it like do you know what i'm saying it's like that kid's bad ah, why is he bad it's because his father's not at home it's because it's like see st- stuff like that it doesn't help anybody but then there's also i feel like it's a thing where we also need to we we have a responsibility to be the best that we can be because okay every every kid wants to be to be like a lot, majority of kids want to be a footballer a rapper or whatever whatever but there's some kids out here that they might want to be an accountant they might want to be a this they might want to be a that and it's kind of like until we have people that go into those places like okay the black guard right like I actually know him it's weird but like it's a situation that. I realized I've literally never thought about it. Mm. I've never thought about the prospect of I could actually become a guard if I wanted to be. Do you get what I'm saying? So it takes someone to be like, oh, wait, hold on, he did that. How did he get from beside me to over there? Do you get what I'm saying? So I, can, I feel like it's a situation where we need to actually build ourselves up. I don't know what you do, but like, okay, for me, I'm an accountant, right? It's not the most glamorous thing, but like, there might be a kid like, wow, you're really an accountant and you make that much money? I want to be an accountant now. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's kind of like taking that kid and be like, all right, cool, this, this is how you do it. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to do that. Kids, some kids don't even know, know that they can be a nurse. Some kids don't know that they can they can literally do all these things. It's, kind of, it's so far-fetched. So it's kind of like, it is on us to make sure that we get to those places to show them that like, okay, look, I've got in here. This is the dodge you take. Make sure, don't talk to this guy. Don't talk to that guy. Boom. Talk to that guy. See, and that's, again, that's one of the things <laughs> yeah. that we do. Mm-hmm. So as Big Out Africa, we had a little town hall meeting earlier last year in April yeah. and we brought kids in, right? We've got about 50 kids coming to just in Tallahassee in Anna's Kitchen and we had kids sit there and we, we we got a girl who was in third year medicine in Trinity. We got a girl who was in final year in global health in UCC. We got DJ um, Abby Scorpio. Yeah. We got him to have a chat with them. We got um, Yemi Patishisha. He came in to have a talk. I got a guy who was a drummer and who used to be, I think he's now changed, he's going into university. We've got like five or six here by Adi came through to have a chat with them. She's a successful businesswoman as well as a, uh, as well as a, having a degree in pharmaceutical sciences. Yeah. And we got those people to come in and have a chat with them, right? 
And this is what we need to do consistent. Like we've done it once. We've done a few. But other. it has to be consistent. It has to be. But get here's the thing. We can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. There's two of us. <laughs> There's just me. And it's all self-funded. There's two of us. And we ha- we paid for the hall. We paid for the food. We paid for everything from our own pockets. And we had these kids come in. And here is the point that I want to make. One of the So there's many different options available to many different people. Right? And one of the biggest things that I found is I figured everything out. Myself. A quick background on myself. I came in, straight in, when I came in, I moved, I went straight into the leaving cert. I had nine months to leave in cert. Right? That was intense, man. Right? I did it. I passed. Got everything done. I went to university for a year. I was, I'd only been in the country for a year. Right? And I realized that my fees were at 20K. Because I was being charged as a non-EU at a non-EU fees rate, right? I had to drop out because there was no way I could afford that. Twenty k. I went in. I talked to the TDs. I talked to the ministers. I was volunteering at a community centre. I talked to the minister of integration that was in Tal at the time. I think it was Connor Lenihan, something like that. I talked to the minister who is now in the EU. I was talking to the minister of education's office. I had to drop out, and when I dropped out, I had two options. It was either I went into univer- into leave insert again or I got into full-time work and I was working at the time anyway. So I had a choice to make. And because again, because of the people around me, because of the kind of environment that I grew up in, because of the people that were pushing me, I went back to the leave insert <laughs> after having been in the country for a year. For, for, for if After having been in college for a year, I had to go back and do the leave insert again. That is one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my life, by the way. That pain me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it pained me. Not just it even pain, me. it's just mentally like... It pained me. But here's the thing, that's what I had to do to get to where... That's what I'm saying, there are things that have happened to me that have stopped me from being here today. And most of it was due to lack of information. If I had known that I had to pay 20 grand, I would have deferred a year, wait for another year, and then go in. That way I know I'm going in. But you never... And I'm paying EU fees, which is affordable. Not 20k, that I clearly can't afford. And I went back and I did the living tour again. And I applied to universities and Trinity was my top option, right? And I put UCC, I put other colleges around the country. I did not know that I needed French. I needed a third language as a, as a subject to get into university. Nobody told me. I got an exemption from the NUI from Irish because I wasn't born here and I was, I was older when I came here. That was, that was Gucci. I did not know that I needed a third language. And I got enough points to study my course in Trinity. But I went to the admissions office and I was like, what's going on? Where's my, where's, where's my uh, offer? And I didn't get it. But I got a course in UCC in pharmaceutical sciences. Again, with the right people behind me, with the right support, I moved to Cork. <laughs> right? But with the kind of mindset that I, and mind you, this was going on and I was 19. Guys, I was 19 going on 20. And I had all this... When I left the leaving term, when I when I left UCD, I went to UCD for a year. When I left UCD, I had a choice. I was working then. I found the school myself. I paid for the school myself. My parents to today did not know where I did my second leaving term. Right? And I did all of that stuff myself because I had to. Mm-hmm. Not that my parents aren't supportive. They supported me the whole way, but they knew I could handle myself. They 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 let me because they knew I could handle it. They gave me options. My dad was like, look, if you need us, we're here. We're always here. We know you can do this. Do what you think is best. And I talked to him. I was like, look, I'm going to work for a year. He was like, look, I don't think that's a good idea. My dad is 
is, is good. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should, you know, when I dropped out, I, I kept going to classes. Just, I just couldn't come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. When the year resumed, I went to college. I kept going into classes for my second year. Like I was still in school, but I, I, I wasn't. I couldn't, my, my brain couldn't register it. Cause I was just like, what the, like this is not my life. Surely I'm not gonna drop out. And my dad was like, look, you've got to stop going there. Cause you're not going there. That's not happening. You've got to stop that. Like where have you been? Uh, I was in class today. Well, you got to stop doing that. You don't have class. You dropped out. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're disenrolled. You've got to stop doing that. So I did my limit, and then I couldn't get into the college that I applied to. Mind you, I can't go back to UCD because I saw all them twenty k. So there's two requests for that money. I can't go back, right? Uh, well, I hope they don't hear this and <laughs> come at me. But that's that's besides the point. And then I couldn't get into Trinity because I didn't have the right course. Subject. So I went into UCC, but I wasn't going to go down without a fight. So I kept going into the admissions office every day, every day. I went in five times. And on the last time, this guy was like, you, you can't keep coming here. Nothing's going to change. He turned the computer. He was like, look at it. I there's nothing I can do for you. It's not me. It's not me. I can't do anything for you. It's zero, zero, zero on your name. I can't do anything for you. If it's one, you get it. It's zero, zero, zero. Like, I can't do anything. Like, But you can write a letter to the admissions officer and... T- and Explain your explain your case, guys. I was nineteen. I wrote to, maybe twenty at this time. I wrote a letter to the admissions officer of Trinity College, explaining my situation. She gave me a few options. I explored them. Two weeks later, I got an offer. I wrote a letter to the admissions officer of Trinity. When I think about it now, I don't even think, like. What was I thinking? Writing a letter to the admissions officer of the college. I wrote a letter took pen and paper, wrote a letter, like, yeah, this is me. What the hell are you guys doing? Here's my situation. I didn't know this. What's up? Like, yeah, you can do this. You can do that. Try and get this if you have it. Get this if you have it. Give off proof of this. And I did. Mm-hmm. I got it together in a week, two weeks. Boom. Three weeks later, I got the sixth round offers. Wow. Sixth, sixth, sixth round. I neither was, did I. I thought there was three. Like, neither did I. <laughs> but here's the thing. I didn't. didn't know it, yeah. You didn't. You didn't. I do. I didn't leave it, sir, and I didn't know this. I do. Sixth round offers. I remember I was sitting in the Bull, which is the the common area in, the, in UCC at the time, and I was get, trying to get my bus because I come back home to Dublin every Friday. And here's the thing again. When I went to UCC, I knew family members who knew me, who people pushing me. I got a three-bed apartment to myself that I was living in for free, that somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody had given to me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't pay rent. And they were like, you know what? You can keep it till Christmas to figure out what you want. So I was living in Cork for free, rent free. So this is what I'm saying, that you'd need the right people. Like if I had to pay rent, if I had to do all that, it would have been a different story. Right? I don't think so. It would. It would would be slightly different. See, the the thing is, right? Your story is beautiful and everything. But there's one thing, there's one thing is that you're one of those people that if you put it in any situation, you're gonna find your way out. Yeah. That's how, that's that's how that's no. I'm this this is what this is what but, I see. Yeah, but that's but that's also because he had people around him. Exactly. Who didn't let him do oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, but exactly. I, exactly. I, I, but I, I I think personally, I think literally, if someone grabbed you right now and dropped you in the middle of Iraq, you'd come out. You come out. But fine. guess why? Why? Why would I come out fine? Because of the way I've been brought up. Because of the, the kind of people. Of because people of the mindset. Of, it's with. not me. Yeah, I yeah. can't take credit for any of these because it's not about me. You're a sum total of your surroundings. Mm. A yeah. sum total of everything around you, regardless of what you know. Why are you Nigerian? Because you were born in Nigeria. Yeah. Because you're around Nigerians. Mm-hmm. If you took a Chinese kid and brought them to Lagos and left them in Lagos, that kid is Nigerian. Forget what you heard. That kid is, there's nothing Chinese about that kid. 
So you sum total of your surroundings and the people you spend your time with. So now, back to my initial thing. I'm now in the middle of 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 of, of going into admissions, not getting offers, fighting my way to get offers, getting the offers. Now what? I love UCC. I don't want to leave. So it's not making a decision between actually or UCC. Or your main, yeah. So eventually, my dad was like, "What are you doing? Like, first of all, you're miles away. You're gonna be paying accommodation. You're gonna be paying transport. You have a job and all that. It's logical, bro. Your choice, but it's logical." Again, he didn't tell me what to do. I did it. I accepted the offer, and then I came into you to to train. And these these are stuff that I find. And then the course that I w- applied to initially, they didn't give it to me because apparently I was late and they weren't giving any more offers out. So like, hell no, now I got my offers. You can't just give me what you want. <laughs> so then again, I took my pen and paper and wrote another letter. <laughs> like, look, this is what I applied for. This is what I wanted. I got the points. Here's my results. Where my, where my place at? Two weeks later, I got a letter. You've been enrolled in the course that you want. And I was like, nah, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I'm okay with this one now. Nah, that one I have to do like one math that was really hard. I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. You know, and then I had the option to decline it then. But again, for my first three, four weeks in the university, I had nobody. It was just I literally came went to college and went home. Went to college and went home. Because I was just so out of place. Went into college and went home. I just felt so out of place. There was nobody like me, there was nobody to tell me this and that, nothing. Still figuring now. I'm older now, and I should have. I should know what I'm doing. I should have, th- but I didn't. And no one, nobody, except again the people, the right people that I had around me at the right times. So mentorship, bro. Like, if I had the right information at the right time, I could have saved myself one or two years. I could have saved myself a bunch of effort. Now, the, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and you figure out the best way out of situations. But not everyone makes it out. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. it easier for everyone. Not everyone makes it option. out. Not everyone makes it out. For instance, there's something called Trinity Access Program. Many people don't know about it. Was it? I mean, Trinity Access Program. I know. I think that's where for le- if you get less points, they can you get apply, you yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. Like if, you, for example, you really want to be a doctor, but you struggle with, is it your grammar English? Yeah, maybe you're dyslexic or something. You have an option to always have an help or not. Yeah, and you're able but to many get people in, know yeah. about it. So it's true. here's the thing: one of the girls that we had at the event went through this process mm. and was able to actually bring another girl right now through that process. Mad. I didn't even know about this until like six months afterwards. I didn't even know they they exchanged numbers and they were talking to each other. And now they the the actual beautiful lady who did amazing he is now bringing another young girl through the same process to help her through the same process to get to where she wants to get to so regardless you, of where that what is what you guys do is it is it like um like the last one you had was in april I yeah well the last town hall meeting we had was in april okay. but then we we've somehow managed to collaborate with the Gardi and we had a an event with them in Belfast oh. where they had um, a football tournament between the PSNI, the Met Police and the, and the Irish Gardi and we actually represented the Irish Gardi so we brought in eight kids in a football tournament that represented wow. Ireland. So I brought in, we rallied together the kids, the Gardi provided a bus, I drove, picked up another kid on the way drove all the way down to Belfast. We didn't win. Oh, we played well. We did well. <laughs> and the kids enjoyed it. That's mad. Right? They enjoyed They loved it. And then after that, 
still work. We still on, we're still in the process of ongo- doing ongoing work with the Gardi, and uh-huh. we had another another event where we brought the kids on a tour of the district courts, so they got to sit down on live cases. Listening and listening and see how rulings are made and see what people do to get them into trouble and what they should do not to get into trouble. And how do you select these kids? Are these kids from your community? Um, or is it the, like if I had a kid? So here's the thing we advertise on our social media. Right. Anyone who is interested, get in touch. We had three Irish kids get in touch with us and we told them to come true. So it's they not didn't. even just a thing for no, like, no, no, this is for anyone. everybody. Mm-hmm. This is open to everyone. Now, mind you, we. We're not discriminatory in any way, shape, or form. This is open to anyone. Anyone. And I, we, we emphasize that a lot. This is open to anybody who, wants to, who, wants, who, wants, to, who wants to get involved. But, but we are, we, we, we owe a certain level to our community. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all. I have a question. Um, I see a lot of people in our community, a lot of Africans have this victim mentality. Do you think that's one of the reasons why it's kind of stopping people? Like, I feel like you don't have a victim mentality. You're like, okay, I'm going to do what I need to do to get out of the situation. But I see a lot of people, well, personally, for me, I see a lot of people, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't get into college. It's college's fault. It's Isla's fault. It's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. Look, and do you feel like that's one of the things that might be holding us back um, as a community? Because I, I do see it, and I'm like, I see a lot of people, I'm just like, like, Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but you can. It's. I mean, I. I. It's easy for me to say that because I went through. A, I went through a bunch of shit and I came out. Right. That's easy for me to say sitting on a high chair and being like, yeah, what are you? Why are you feeling sorry for yourself? But I can't say that because I don't know what anyone's going through. I don't know what anyone's personal circumstances. I really don't. And until I'm able to understand, and I. I mean, my situation is minor. There are people who have gone through hell to get here. Oh yeah. I, I, right. And sorry for interrupting you there. And I can't. I can't sit down on on. I can't sit down on the pedestal and be like, well, stop feeling sorry for yourself. I don't know their story. Even if I did, I don't know what impact it's had on them. Even if I know what impact it's had on them, I don't know how it's going to make them feel or mentally, act yeah. mentally. So I, I don't think you can really say people feel it. Like people are going to feel sorry for. I felt sorry for myself. I kept going into university even though I was I was I wasn't enrolled. <laughs> I felt really sorry for. My, it was a very very tough thing for me to get over. And if I didn't have the right support, I wouldn't have. Simple as. But feeling sorry for yourself, I, I'm in more of a situation as you get to one of the lines like. Uh, you know what? I'm not good enough. Let me just give up now. I or, thought that. Uh, I went through that. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get over it? Though? The right people around me. Right. The right people saying, "Look, we know you can do this. Just do it." Like, what are you doing? Like, I sat at home. There was a time where I enrolled myself, and I didn't go in for a week. And I was supposed to be going and doing my leaving to repeat leaving to school. And I didn't go in for a week, and they called because there was my number down there. And like, mm. oh, are these the parents of Aziz? I'm like, no, this is Aziz speaking. What's up? Like, oh, we haven't seen you in school for a week. I'm like, yeah, I'll come in tomorrow. Yeah, so you you've had your ups and downs. Basically. I have, like, and I'm not, this is not a this is not a, a smooth throat. No, this is not a oh everything was. Gucci, everything was copious. It wasn't. And I can't take credit for any of it because I can't. It, it, it's, it's not believable. I couldn't because it wasn't me if I didn't have the right people pushing me. For instance, four years of university, I paid about seven grand, seven and a half. I didn't pay that myself. That's part of my story. Yes, come, come to my master's, I decided to take some loans out, but my, I paid about 30 grand to get my undergraduate degree. My parents funded that. I slightly disagree. I feel like you have to you have to apply a bit of it to yourself because just like the whole thing we're talking about with the people that are in the self-help classes for 
10 years until you decide like you can have the right people around you telling you to do everything right literally giving you all the information you need until you sit down and, and say there, I yeah. want to do this because like at the end of the day yes all these people are telling you you can do it and you can do this and you can do that and your parents funded you and your parents helped you and everything but at the end of the day if you were like you know I actually don't think I can do this or I don't want to do this until you have that inside you that you know I'm going to do this because at no point in this story you really like you like there's obviously there's always going to be times where you're like you know I can't do this I don't want to do this anymore but inside you you knew that nah it's not me that I'm going to be here and I'm going to stay here do you get what I'm saying okay. so that's why I feel like in that aspect you have to like there's you have no to pick way. yourself up you, 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 have, to, you, yeah. have, you have to but give he, yourself some kind of and I still go back to the point the only reason I was able to think like that the only reason I knew my end goal was because it's been instilled in me, bro. I didn't just wake up one day and be like, I have to do this. It wasn't a one-day process. It wasn't like I woke up one day, I've been defeated, and I'm like, yeah, I have to do this. No. This is constant. Like, I'll give you an inst- another instance, right? For instance, the whole this whole thing, right? This whole Speak Out Africa that we started. Personally, I've had this idea for five years. Five years. I've been I've I wrote it down. I got a I got a book of ideas from my fiance about four or five years ago for my birthday and I remember I wrote on it Aziz's book of ideas and I wrote a date on, I, read, I write a date on any idea that I write down and I wrote this down in 2015 May of 2015 I wrote it down but guess what we didn't action anything until last year and I had this idea I've talked to many people about it but I did do I did nothing until I was in the presence of the right people I didn't do anything until I was with the right kind of people so I knew what I had to do. I knew how I could do it. I knew how we could do it. I knew how we could do it. And I knew all the information. But I did nothing until I got two other people on board, until they were like, yeah, 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 let's do this. Let's do this. We can do this. You do this. I do this. Until we work together. So one person, I, I can't take, like, bro, I'm not trying to be, like, all modest and all. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to be fake modest. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. I'm telling you that at the end of the day, no, the most success, luck, luck, bro. I, there's a, the, the UBA Bank, see, I think is the president of UBA Bank, Tony Illumino. He was like, yeah. people don't actually um, give enough uh, uh, props to the, the role that luck plays in success. He's like, yeah. I was just, even Otedola, he says it. He was like, I was lucky. There is nothing special about me. Yeah, luck, I was just very, plain yeah. old lucky. I was in the right place at the right time on a few occasions and I made a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Boom, that's it. Yes, obviously you've got to take advantage of opportunities. Obviously you've got to apply yourself. Obviously you've got to pick yourself up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. There are people who work and pick themselves up more than I do. And they've and they've got nothing to show for it. There are people who are more motivated than I could ever imagine to be, than I could ever hope to be in my life. But there's there's no opportunity for them. There's nothing they can do to get out of it. But now here, back to the original thing, we're all here. And look, the opportunity to succeed, to be whatever you want is better now than it ever was in the history of the world for anybody, simple as. Everybody in the world, right? maybe not in the world, I mean, I say that, Yeah, I use that very lightly. (laughs) Say in our society right now, in our community right now, the opportunity that is currently existing, there hasn't been any other time in the history of the world that there's been this much opportunity for anyone to be anything. Yeah, you can see our home play games and become a millionaire. Right? Right? You can't do that. Yeah, sure. There's never been any time more in the history. But that being said, you still need the right, the right opportunity. People. You still need the right frame of mind. You still need the right people around you to push you, to motivate you, to help you. Without that... My question is, is there an age limit on what you guys do? 
Is there a what? Age limit. Well, here's the thing. We focus mainly on the age group 13 to 18 because we, if we don't kind of close it, like secondary school, if we don't close it like that, then we kind of lose focus. And we don't want to lose focus on what we're doing. So it's more secondary school kids who want to get into university. Now, down the line, we might open it up a little bit to maybe... But I think there's people doing that. There's there's a few organizations doing that kind of stuff. Our focus is Which those formative, formative school, yeah. years who don't know what they want, who don't... Like, for instance, at the thing, we asked the question, does anybody here know what they want to be? And I'm like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a... And some girls are like, I don't know what I want to do. Or like, yeah, you, we're looking for you. They're like, I don't know what I want to do. I have no idea what I want to do. And I'm in sixth year. I can relate. I have no clue where I want to go with this, and I mean, I mean, you're leaving, sir. I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's like someone chat to you, and that is the kind of conversation we want to start having. And if there's, someone wants, sorry, sorry, no, go, go, yeah. go. On. No, go. On. I mean, just, just there's so many other, there's so many kids out there who are in that situation who don't know and who are afraid to ask. But when we open up a forum for them to be like, it's okay to not know what you want to do. It's okay to be lost. It's okay to have no idea about anything. It's okay. It's perfectly fine and normal and natural. You don't have to have it all figured out at 17 or 16 or 18. Nobody, no rule book says that. Hell, I don't have it figured out. I don't have it figured out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So why is there, why is there uh, pressure on a, on, on a living uh, kid to have to, uh, to know exactly what they want to do in life? There's social constructs. Right? And we need to start breaking them down. That is, we need to start breaking down the social constructs, which is all they are. And how do you guys take, let's say, okay, if someone wanted to be a mentor, wanted to be part of it, or even like financially, like, you know, invest, not invest, but what's the word? Donate. <laughs> Donate, yeah. Yeah. To your organization. Is there any, is there, apart from your social so media? Right now, we're not, we're, we're working, we're in the process of actually registering the whole thing okay. to have fully, to be fully legal to operate and we're in the process of getting all the details done and all the details confirmed myself and today working tirelessly because uh, as you know we both have a full-time jobs i've got a family he's got his he's got a full a few projects on his hands we've got a lot of things on our hands so it's literally a case of we do what we can when we can because it's it's not i can tell you it's not it's not an easy process to try and get everything try and fit all this so do you guys have in. mentors or is it yeah i have mentors no, 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 are you taking on like people? Yes, so that's one of the things we wanted to talk about. We need vol- we need people to volunteer their time. In what, like we're working on a, a few things. We're working on, like there's like for instance, we're working on a website. We're working on our social media stuff. We're work we're, we have events. We need volunteers. We need people to mm-hmm. get involved. And this is how it all begins. Like for instance, the event that we had, we got people coming in, being like, we want to talk. We want to, like we we reached out to a few people. They all came through. Not one person said no. They all came. People are always willing to help, but we need more people for the little, for the small stuff to get this off the ground, to really, really do this together. So if there's anyone that wants to uh, help or reach out, our email address is admin at speakoutafrica.com. Admin at speakoutafrica.com. And what are your social medias? Um, Speakoutafrica underscore for... Instagram Facebook. and then Facebook is Speak Out Africa. I'm not too sure. <laughs> I am sure. I am sure. Speak Out Africa underscore for Instagram and Facebook is Speak Out Africa. So one, one thing is I've actually, I've actually wanted to get into stuff like this before. Yes. Yeah. Never out to and I just kind of no one does this. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Sure, And it just goes back to the motivational talks. You hear it at the right time. You hear it and it just sometimes it just clicks. Okay, you and you know for ten years, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs>